Hello, welcome to Lazada Insider, featuring knowledge that makes a difference. We share trusted insights, forward-looking perspectives, and exclusive expert interviews to keep you ahead of the curve. Hi, I'm your host, Katrina, and welcome to Lazada Insider, Consumer Insights Series. Today, we're going to continue our discussions on price and promotion with Hao from Nielsen IQ, who leads the sales and product division for revenue management analytics solutions in APAC. Previously, we discussed about how the pandemic has reshaped consumers' reactions to regular price and also to price discount, and how has introduced to us a very useful framework to optimize your pricing and promotion strategies for best return and some typical categories in the framework. So what are some examples of effective promotion strategies? What if your brands cannot really run price discount due to margin constraints? And as we enter the economic recovery from the pandemic, what are the important considerations for brands and businesses? We will answer all these questions in today's episode. Join me and continue the discussion with Hal. Based on your observation, what kind of promotion strategy actually works extremely well during the pandemic? Uh, maybe you can share with us a couple of examples to illustrate. Absolutely. Uh, so in here, we, we need to clarify what was the pandemic, right? So during the turmoil period where everyone was pretty much running to the supermarkets to buy products, it's what we call panic buying. So at that point, it didn't make any sense to run discounts or any sort of promotions because you had already a huge pressure on supply chain and you would only be adding pressure by running discounts. So what we have seen, and it was quite wise of the market, was to reduce promotions at that time during the turmoil period, during the panic buying, because people were pretty much pantry loading, right? So at that moment, the, the promotions or zero promotions rule was uh, was quite wise from, from the market, even to avoid, you know, again, uh, some pressure on supply chain. But when you think outside and now that we're coming out of the pandemic and becoming more like an endemic, right? So the strategies that I mentioned before for each one of the categories are still valid. Just to, now if you drill down, uh, at the category level, for example, you would see that beer, for example, it's quite good to promote because you would be driving traffic to the store. And it's a category that it's quite responsive to discount. If you think about that, uh, it's also bringing incrementality because sometimes you're just passing by the aisle and you see that beer that you like, or eventually, you know, like that spirit that you like, because the spirits are also sitting in the same position, the high-low position as a, as a category as a whole. And then you see that on promotion and then you feel incentivized to buy. So this is what we call incrementality. Uh, you, you are fostering incremental sales. So overall, during the turmoil period, the zero promotion strategy was quite good, quite wise from the market. But now that we're getting out of it, that's those strategies that I mentioned to you before are, are super relevant, like oral and personal care, health and beauty, seeing a high note position where you can work with shallower discounts or can increase the average price of the category overall by limiting promotions or increasing the shelf price. So this is the strategy. And also it's, it's important to highlight once again that even though sometimes you might know how the carry overall it's reacting 
to both shelf price and promotions, the optimization happens at the item level because we understand that each item in the portfolio has a different role. Why? Because we have different pack sizes, we have different formats, and we have different shoppers buying each one of those products as well, right? So they have different reactions. So, for example, sometimes we see that glass uh, in some particular categories, it's less elastic to the plastic counterparts, right? So this is something that you need to know for your category because then you can play with your portfolio and that's how you're going to optimize your strategy. Because let's say in this new environment, if you have some pressure in terms of costs and if you need somehow to increase the average price across your portfolio, then you can play with the reactions of shoppers. You can increase more the price for those items that are less reactive in terms of uh, regular price or shoppers, they do not respond dramatically when you change the regular price. And on the flip side, you can be more conservative for those items that they are more reactive to regular price, because then you can still overall have a, a price increase that it's a specific average that you need, but you're playing with portfolio and you're optimizing the volume, the revenue and the profit as well by doing so, by understanding the role of each item. Yeah, I think um, that exactly leads to my next question. You, you mentioned more from a retailer perspective, they can play with the portfolios um, if they experience um, maybe rising costs of supply chain for part of their portfolios. Does it still hold for brands and manufacturers, let's say, if they cannot, you know, for their particular brands or for their particular products, they cannot lower price or they cannot do promotion out of uh, reasons, for example, high raw material costs that we see uh, almost, uh, you know, <laughs> across most of the categories or there's uh, increased supply chain costs or production costs or labor costs, and they have to maybe keep a certain margin that they cannot lower the price. Um, uh, what would be your advice to um, those brands and manufacturers? Yeah, absolutely. Very good question. So for those brands, usually, like we were discussing before, every single item across the portfolio will have a different sort of reaction, right? So that's how we would be recommending to those brands to play with the portfolio to optimize their strategy. So again, like, uh, and it's valid for brands as well. Sometimes even for different brands, you have different reactions. For leading, leading brands, as we mentioned before, they have lower reaction to regular price and they tend to have lower reaction to discounts as well because leading brands, they have more differentiation, right? So in that sense, shoppers would be less reactive because they they see the value, they see the differentiation. So what we have seen is that the leading brands, they have lower reaction and the remaining brands in the market, they would have higher reaction to, especially to regular price. So now let's say if you're a leading brand, it means also that you have a very complex portfolio, which you know, like will have many items with different formats, different size, and again, and when, when, you, when you plot the items of that particular brand across that framework that we mentioned before, the reaction to regular price and the reaction to promoted price, again, you're going to see that some items are very good for promotions and others not that much. So 
we tend to think that the, a price increase is just a price increase per se, right? But that's not the reality. Sometimes, for example, you can limit promotions for some very particular items and still increase the average price for the brand as a whole, right? So this is a good strategy as well, like how to limit promotions to increase the average price. So we would be reducing the trade spend and reducing costs by doing so as well. But in a nutshell, what we have seen for every brand that we analyze, that's this diversity in responsiveness. You're going to see, you know, like all that, the items is scattered around. So you can play with each one of the items. And again, like that's how you should be optimizing thinking about every single item because you came up with every single item in your portfolio for a reason right like for that there's a consumption pattern over there for that particular item so for that reason you know shoppers are also reacting differently so you pretty much at some point shaped the behavior now you need to leverage the behavior that is shaped for a brand that all the items have the same reaction, then you need to you need to think about your portfolio. You need to think about assortment optimization. Perhaps you are at that point that your items they do not bring differentiation when they are they they, they don't bring you know like any unique differentiation. So in that sense, you need to delist some items of your portfolio or at least consider that because also you would reduce the, the pressure on supply chain and very likely would be reducing costs as well. So, and also it's much easier, right? And we understand that across Asia Pacific where distribution, it's not that easy. You pay a lot to distribute, you pay a lot to execute because some countries are basically uh, several islands, right? So it's hard to, to distribute your items. So by doing so, instead of distributing 10 items, you're distributing seven now, you're already reducing the cost. You're already reducing the complexity of the supply chain. So overall, if, if you know, like the usual brands, you would see diversity and responsiveness, you play your portfolio. If you find that all your items they, they do not react differently. Very likely, you're not bringing differentiation with the items that you have across your portfolio. And then it would be wise to think about the listing or at least, you know, run some assortment optimization where you can understand which items are more cannibalistic and you pretty much cut them off your portfolio to reduce the pressure in supply chain once again and costs as well. I really like what you said, and I think it's a it's a good time for you know brands and uh, manufacturer to you know have a quick stop and and think about you know the assortment play. And sometimes it could be less is more <laughs> in this Absolutely. case. If you allow me, yeah. so even during the pandemic, right? Like the panic buying, which is uh, very surprising, people were running to the stores to buy products because they were afraid that they wouldn't have product, uh, a certain product to consume, you know, tomorrow. Still, we saw some items, you know, left on the shelf. So here we have a clear message, right? That you definitely need to think about portfolio optimization. If you are a brand which saw, you know, some items left on the shelf during the panic buying, it's something's just not right. And I think that leads to 
My last question. Um, you know, you mentioned about this period during the pandemic uh, when there were a lot of dynamics going on. Now, most of the Southeast Asia countries are already on the journey of recovery. We see the vaccination rate has been increasing from Q2 to Q3. Um, now, roughly around 60% of the population here at least get one dose of vaccination. That's a good sign. So we see government are starting to actually releasing uh, and easing the restrictions. Um, and then, you know, we are actually on the journey of economic recovery. So what are your advices to businesses on the pricing strategies, especially during this recovery time? And uh, if you could share a little bit uh, insights, you know, beyond that, what should business uh, do? That would be perfect. Absolutely. Yeah. First of all, it's so good to see that this is happening, right? vaccination it's going on the trend the trend it's up it's so good to see the people with their freedoms once again well um in in that sense you know like i would leave three main messages to 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 manufacturers and also retailers to all players of the market uh now in this new environment you definitely need to to think how shoppers are reacting to, to both regular price and promotions. So in that sense, you need to measure now the actual response, you know, to, to regular price and promotions, especially uh, when you have analytics by your side. We, we, have, we have seen many, many companies leveraging analytics more and more and more to make their decisions because then we would be able to come up with that framework that we mentioned before. And that sort of framework, it's only available when you have the sort of intelligence available to you, right? So in that sense, measure how shoppers are currently responding to price in this new environment. You definitely need to, to rethink some of the research that you've made because, as we said before, uh, the reaction is lower in terms of regular price and the reaction is higher in terms of promoted price. This is what the models it's indicating to us. It's quite solid. It's it's based on loyalty. It's based on, on many factors that we have seen as well to support this story that it's coming out of this analytics, right? So th that would be my first message. The second message is that uh, think about other drivers of volume and margin. We see sometimes that the market, it's overusing promotions. It's overusing especially discounts. Think about buy two, get one. Think about bundle packs. Uh, we have seen many, many good strategies in other markets. For example, I come from Latam. And there we were putting like very premium products together with not so premium products just to incentivize the consumption. You know, like the same manufacturer was doing that to promote trade up across the category because originally, discounts, promotions, bun bundle packs, and everything else was meant to drive trade up across the category, to increase the value of the category, not to erode of the value of the category. So my first message is like, actually, you, you need to measure now the reaction to, to regular price and promotions of shoppers. The second one is to think about other drivers of volume and margin. We don't have only discounts. There are very creative ways that we can come up, you know, like to drive profit across the category. And you need to be sustainable over the long run. Just for the, 
the, the latest analysis that we, we've run just for the categories, just for the 60 categories in, in, in the modern trade, we've realized that the market's losing $15.4 billion wow. in wastage, which is like you're pretty much giving discounts to products that would have been sold regardless. So that's the wow, size. It's a shocking, that's a shocking number. <laughs> it is. It is. It's yeah. the level of billions. And it's much more because we were just running for a 60 plus sample, which is huge already. What gives them like a very, and only for modern trade. If you think about traditional trade, if you think about online, if you think about other channels and other carriers as well, that number would skyrocket, right? So, and then my third message, it's like, have a compelling category story. We have seen many manufacturers and sometimes retailers as well only thinking about their own game. We need to think about the category here. We need to drive something that is going to generate value for the whole category over the long term, especially for manufacturers. When you're dealing with retailers, when you're dealing with your buyers, bring a story that not only benefits your portfolio, but also benefit the category as a whole. You're going to be generating revenue. You're going to be generating volume for the category as a whole. So this is what I meant with compelling story. You know, you need to win, the shopper need to win, but also your buyer need to win. Everyone needs to win this category. The category needs to win as well, because only by doing so, you're going to have a sustainable business for the category over the long term. And we have seen many, many examples uh, across the globe where, you know, promotions, uh, pretty much players were overusing promotions. And at some point it became unsustainable to the point that it was just difficult to generate any profit in the category with the existing items. Uh, sometimes you need to reshape the whole category if you don't, if you're not careful enough. So here are my three methods. Measure the, the actual response to shoppers. The second one, think about other drivers of margin and volume and have a compelling story, not only for you, but also for your category. Excellent. I think you absolutely summarize the advices very well. And I'm pretty sure that our audience will have a lot of takeaways, uh, you know, from what you shared. And I'm just reflecting on what you said, um, you know, one key thing is that, you know, use this time, you know, this is almost a, a tipping time for business to, you know, take this time to have a refreshed understanding of the pricing and promotion dynamics with your specific category and products, right, down to the product level. Um, another important takeaway for me, like what you just said, is uh, use more strategic and creative promotion um, to attract new shoppers to to attract trials right it's important and also cross sell and in some cases like what you mentioned even you can incentivize consumers to even climb up the the price ladder based on what you offer so yeah very interesting insights very topical insights thanks a lot uh Hal, for joining us thank you thank you very much for the opportunity that you have given me today i highly appreciate it this is Azana Insider. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Make sure you click follow and subscribe so you don't miss our latest insights and expert interviews. Thanks again for joining us. Until next time, take care. La Zana.